podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Hello, 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 everyone. This is Naishad Gadani coming to you from India. And this is my last uh, LinkedIn Live from India. Uh, you know, then you will see me uh, doing the LinkedIn Live from Melbourne, uh, which would be a sea change and a real sea change also in, in, in physical sense also. But uh, you know, I'm the founder of Your Career Down Under and uh, why me and Caroline pop up on your LinkedIn screen because we are here to deliver a care package. And we believe that it's this time that as a career practitioners or career coaches or trainers, whatever that you like to call us, it is our collective uh, you know, responsibilities, uh, moral, ethical, whatever that you like to call, to provide some genuine hope and genuine value to our listeners or to job seekers and professionals because people are being hurt, uh, you know, in terms of their economic activities, they are being hurt right now and we want to help them out right now with whatever that we could. Uh, so that's the reason why me and Caroline pop up on your LinkedIn screen with experts on different topics, because what we have already sort of said and know that we don't have answers to all the questions. And because this is an unprecedented times that none of us, none one person has got answers. So that's why collectively we try to bring, you know, people from different backgrounds and different expertise and different perspectives so that ultimately you can make sense of the whole thing that is going on. And, you know, we always encourage you to reach out to connect with the person uh, that comes as a guest and reach out if they are able to also help you in any situation. Okay, so that's that's the sort of you know things that I wanted to set that up. Um, I will now invite uh, the collaborator of LinkedIn Live Career Care Package, Caroline, welcome. Thanks, and uh, I just realized that I didn't configure, I'm learning how to drive this, everyone, this uh, platform. I just realized I didn't configure the screen properly, so bear with me for a second. Let me get it back to, there we go. Okay, that's better. Sorry about that. I must have been a bit distracting to see yourself at the bottom of the screen. Hi, everyone. It's Carolyn here. I'm really delighted to be here today with Nashad and Karen and talking LinkedIn, how to stand out on LinkedIn, how to be found on LinkedIn. The platform changes a lot, so it's great to keep up. And today we've got Karen Tisdall on the show, um, who we're going to ask some questions of as our expert in, in place and also give you an opportunity to ask any questions you like about getting your LinkedIn profile up to date, how to network, how to reach out to people, how to stand out and all sorts of things. So, Nesh, I might throw you over to um, ask questions. Of, oh, first of all, sorry. Welcome, Karen. <laughs> um, welcome to the program. <laughs> Maybe start with telling people a little bit about what you do and then um, we'll throw over to Nesh to hit Hit, up, hit you up with some questions, I think. So Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much. So I do two things. Um, I write LinkedIn profiles um, and I'm also um, doing a lot of, at the moment, um, LinkedIn webinars and that's largely for corporations around um, helping them to get their employees to use their voice um, just to broaden the brand footprint and also because I think it's such a great you know, it's such a great platform, isn't it, as a B2B platform as well as something that's just so important to job seekers. Um, mm. In terms of that job seeking background, um, my own personal background is as a recruiter. So I started using uh, using LinkedIn in 2005. Um, I know it really dates me, doesn't it, <laughs> as an early adopter, using LinkedIn to headhunt people. And I just turned that into a LinkedIn profile writing business. Fantastic. Excellent. All right. So, Karen, here you go. We are going to start 
the you know interrogation or asking you a lot of tough questions. It's great to be here. Can I just say, you know, I think your LinkedIn lives have been fantastic. And I um, you know, I you know, I said to Carolyn yesterday, you know, I dropped in on a couple just sort of thinking, I'll only watch a few minutes and I was sort of glued to the screen for 40 minutes. Yeah. I think I'm very honored to be here. I think you've both yeah. been such leaders in your field. Um, and you know, the, the energy of just giving to job seekers and wanting so much to help people at this time um, by bringing you amazing experts. I'm, I'm just really flattered to be here. So, you know, thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Yeah. All right. So, um, so first and foremost is, you know, LinkedIn is crowded now. You know, I think when you started in 2005, there might be, you know, few hundred people, uh, you know, on LinkedIn. Now we got just in Australia, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, we are 9 million plus users and you know, it would be climbing right after COVID-19. I think people would be jumping on to sign up for LinkedIn, you know, straight away because now they are realizing the power and the mm. potential of LinkedIn. So, you know, in this crowded place, um, you know, just in Australia, if you focus on, it is difficult for you to really stand out or really have a differentiating factor. What are you know your you know views around how should one approach writing a LinkedIn profile so that he or she is kind of differentiating from the market? What are some of the basic things that he or she should start to think before they even start to write things? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I've never met two people the same, and yet I've often seen two LinkedIn profiles that look near identical. And and so I think you know the really important thing is to think you know, what is unique about me in relation to what I do? So, you know, where does my passion come from? Where does my interest come from? You know, so I'm working with a really exciting client at the moment um, and he does a lot of internet security work um, and his background's in defence. Um, but he was also a child prodigy as a chess player um, started, you know, and I just think so, you know, so we've sort of weaved that into his LinkedIn profile around how his love for strategy and espionage and what's what's the next move going to be has led him into cybersecurity. So I think, you know, just really making sure that you are talking to what it is your audience want to see. So not talking about, you know, um, I really love this and, you know, I love cats and, you know, I like pizza and, you know, people are going, what is it you're talking about? This is not Facebook. But I think keeping it professional and niche, but also making sure that you're really talking from the heart, that it is as unique as you are. Does, does that make sense? Absolutely. It's funny yeah, it does. Tend to put yeah, can we go ahead? Oh, sorry, Nash, we're doing that talk, talk over each other thing. You go. So I, I think that that that's a that's a very good point because most of the time you know and KB would agree that you know most of the time people's LinkedIn profile is a mirror of their their resume career summary or the mm -hmm. profile, which is more factual, which is you know filled with a lot of visual words, which has Very lost dry. meaning over a period of time. Mm -hmm. Mm. Exactly. And I think that I think the example that you gave is a, is a very apt example where you can combine two different things and make it make that profile more richer. And mm. suddenly then there are, if there are two cybersecurity professional, one would go, you know what, hang on, this person, you know, is a child prodigy in, in chess. Now, not that necessarily that that's the only thing, but out of the other bland profile, this profile will absolutely shine through because it's mm. more personal because it's because they can see that you know the cybersecurity is a long life long life game or long life love for this person the strategy and everything else mm. and i think that that makes a hell of a difference kb yeah it's oh, exactly it's story, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You, you're giving so, people something to connect to, aren't you? So, yeah, you know, the absolutely. person that reads it, it's like, yeah, that's actually what I was like growing up. And, you know, yeah. you're giving people something that they can go, oh, I, I must talk to this person or I really like reading reading this profile. And, oh, they're and so really forth. interested in that. Yeah, you know? exactly. They're not just yeah, a nerd. Don't you, Carolyn? And, um, mm. you know, for me, the real turning point was when I watched um, Simon Sinek 
um, his mm. TEDx talk years ago, you know, where he talked about the why do you do what you do? Mm. And I, yeah. I watched that and I, you know, I, I think I was one of the first people to watch it um, because nobody had ever heard of him then. So it was a long time ago. You know, and I just, you know, this idea of why do you do what you do? Mm. It's that that's so fascinating. You know, what do you mm. what do you include in your LinkedIn profiles? Because you write LinkedIn profiles for people too, Carolyn. You know, what yes. do you, you know? It, it is that why. It is getting to what you love about what you do and what mm-hmm. um, what motivates you to do what you do. And sometimes in that process of um, talking with people, it's maybe the first time that anybody's ever asked them that. So even sort of getting that aha moment with what you can reflect back to them as well, I think is a, um, is a beautiful thing. So I was going to ask you. interesting things sometimes, isn't it, when you, you know, I've yeah. had senior leaders where I'm like, you know, what is it you like about what you do? <laughs> And they tell me what they can do. And I'm like, yeah, that wasn't actually my question. Yeah, what do you exactly. like what you do? And they're like, this is what I can do. And I'm like, yeah, it's not my question. <laughs> it's like being yeah. a psychologist sometimes. I'm going to pop in another question that we didn't have, but everybody has an opinion on this. What's what's your um, opinion on, like, third person versus first person in a profile? I think if you're going to talk in the third person, it's like mm. you're talking like this. Oh, Yes. <laughs> third person is I'm too important to talk to you directly and yeah. I think that was really appropriate years ago yeah. but I think um, I think that our tone and our voice and our approach really needs to be in keeping with the times that we live in mm. you know, so during you know these this devastating the past few months um, you know COVID and some horrific scenes are that are still coming out of America um, you know, this is not the time to be aggressive and sell, sell, sell. Mm. And I think if, you know, if we look at that and we think about how leadership styles have changed, you know, when I first started in recruitment in the early 1990s, we were all writing about ourselves and each other mm. in the third person. That was very appropriate. Mm. But the early 1990s, I was wearing big shoulder pads to work, you know, <laughs> we were leaving our emotions <laughs> Engagement, transparency, those were just words that you never, Mm. you know, spoke about. And now we live in an era of celebrating diversity and it's about Mm. transparency and inclusion and psychological safety. And yet you Mm. want to talk to somebody like you're too important to talk to them. Like that's Mm. that third person voice. So I've got a a really strong opinion that um, Mm. that first is powerful, but you're proud profiles in the first person so that's obviously how you usually write as well yeah it depends I mean I've very rarely written anything in the third person unless the client absolutely (laughs) wants that and um I just say no 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 and also are they going to use LinkedIn or is it just to be, you know, to own that space basically? So if they're going to be connecting with people and interacting with people, then no third person. Um, but if it's something that they just want to be on that space and set and forget, then, and there's very few of those really. So I've probably written about two in my entire life in third person. So, yeah, managed to win yeah, that argument really a few times. Like so. And there's so many people writing in the third person. And mm. I know some really beautiful um, senior leaders, um, especially sort of female senior leaders, I'm thinking of a couple at the moment, who really lead in their space and do some amazing work. And they've still got their profile in the third person. Mm. You know, and I'm like, you know, um, and I know a lot of social media marketers can, can write like that, but I just think we really need to match the times that we live mm. in. You know, and I think especially here in Australia, you know, I think the Royal Banking Commission really impacted our culture. And I think we have a real, you've got to be transparent. You've got to be approachable. You've got to have a culture of being able to speak up. So, you know, I think third person just doesn't feel right, you know, not not for Australia, New Zealand. Mm, Exactly. Naisha, I'm going to check questions. Have you got something to ask Karen? Yeah, sure. So, you know, since you're obviously you were in past life a recruiter, uh, you know, and you would have obviously LinkedIn at that time was a bit different to now. But if you, if I want you to put on your recruitment hat for a while and, and tell us what are some of the key things that the recruiter or a talent acquisition internal recruiter would look at someone's profile? 
um, it still amazes me how many people have dates that don't match up. You know, how many times, um, you know, do you look at a resume, look at a LinkedIn profile and you're like, ah, you're like six months out here. And they're like, oh, it was about that. I'm like, you, like, it needs to be exact, you know. If you're not too sure, get out your tax returns. Um, so I think that's really important. Um, and, of course, um, you know, we've seen quite a hit to recruitment agencies, um, you know, massive hits. I think Rod Hall published saying they're, oh, what it, they're 26% down or something. I, I can't remember the stats or 76. Sorry, I can't get that right. But they're massively down. Um, and so a lot of recruiters are, as far as I know, they're putting their recruiter light subscription on hold and they're just using LinkedIn Premium or LinkedIn Free. And so what that's going to mean is that it is now even more important than ever to make sure that you've got the right keywords through your profile. And the key part that I think so many people miss is that professional headline. You know, the default is to have your position title there. And, you know, if you're going to headhunt or search um, for a receptionist. You know, I need a receptionist. I wonder who I know. I wonder who they know. And it's so easy to do that search without having any sort of paid subscription model. And if your position title is director of first impressions, you know, I'm never going to find you. So I think mm. just making sure that your professional headline has got all the right keywords in it is just so key and so optimistic, mm -hmm. don't you think? Mm. Definitely. Um, got a question here around sharing. So what kinds of information um, is suggested to share on do you suggest to share on LinkedIn? I think it's really important to talk about the industry you're in or things related to your role. So um, if you talk about a wide array of different things, it can be really hard to understand what it is you stand for. So I posted myself quite a personal piece um, yesterday, um, having a bit of a rant about do we all have to return to traffic jams? Um, <laughs> getting at 9,000 yep. views. So it's been really popular, can I just say. A lot mm. of people are feeling like they don't want to return to traffic jams. Um, it's quite rare that I publish a personal piece. And I just did a quick calculation. I think I'm sitting at about one personal piece to every six very work orientated LinkedIn piece. Mm. And even then I'm being very careful that it's something that's quite opinionated that I feel quite um, strongly about, um, such as employers giving employees um, flexible work arrangements, um, mm. having less traffic on our roads and less pollution in our planet. Um, so, but it's not political. I'm not saying, oh, you know, I can't stand this political leader. You know, I'm not alienating people. Um, or I may alienate some, but, you know, I'm not, I'm in alignment with my audience. Mm. Um, so I think it's really important to keep your topic quite narrow. And I think if you're looking for a job, you need to talk about your expertise, you know. If you're mm. a software developer, talk about what the latest stuff is in software development. You know, mm. if you're in the education industry, if you're one of the, you know, the many university um casual lecturers that, that have been affected. Um, I think there's something like 20,000 people have been made redundant um, in the education sector. And, you know, if you're in that area, then talk about trends in education or look at an industry that you want to move to and talk about the parallels, you know. So mm. showcase your knowledge. Um, you know, I, I think, yeah, so many people just sort of, you know, get on and have a rant all the time. And I'm often mm. Too, but I hold myself back. I'm like, you know, I had a rant about people's rants. Sometimes it can feel, sometimes the nation I sort of have a bit of a moan about this. The platform feels a bit like Instagram sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, with what people post and you're like, really? <laughs> um, you know, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll be aiming to add value. You know, this yeah. is what I love so much about your LinkedIn lives, you know, mm. is that you're always aiming to add value, both of you, mm. um, you know, as professional career coaches and, and resume writers and LinkedIn profile writers, you know, Carolyn, you know, you're always aiming to give to others. Mm. And, um, and I think that's really what we should think about when we're posting. But it might be tempted to say, oh, you know, I've, I've, 
discovered a new app that's going to help to save me time. And you have to just pause for a few minutes and just think, okay, it's going to be very helpful. It's going to help a lot of people to know about this app, but is it on brand? Is it mm. going to help me towards my objective? And is mm. my objective to get a job? Is it to impress my stakeholders? You know, what is that purpose? Mm. And am I putting that at the forefront? Perfect. All right, I'm just going to have a look at, see what else we've got for questions. Ah, here's a good one. Uh, how important are endorsements on LinkedIn profiles? Frankly, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just the honest truth, I actually really don't know. There have been some times where I've done searches and I've searched for specific words um, that are quite unusual and I've gone, gosh, that person doesn't have that word in their professional headline and they don't have it as their job title, which is the second highest ranking in, in the job, having the right job title will include, will increase your relevancy ranking. Um, and I've gone down to their skills and I've seen that skills can make a big difference. And mm. if you have endorsements, then that will increase how visible you are. Now, I haven't actually seen that for a few years. So my gut feeling is that perhaps it's they're not increasing your relevancy anymore. You should have them just in case they do, but how much weight they have, I'm not too sure. Mm. You know, if we think of the different parts of LinkedIn as, as an algorithm, uh, sorry, as a um, an algebra. That's what I'm picturing. I'm picturing A plus B equals C. You know, <laughs> I never was good at math. But if you think of it like an algebraic formula, the professional headlines really high, position titles are really high, skills maybe. Mm. What do you think? Do you think they help? Uh, I did somewhat, but I'm not sure of what the exact yeah. um, ranking is of those. But what I do find on interesting is you know linkedin pre-populates them if you're writing a profile and people don't look at them and sometimes you've got somebody who's very senior and they've got excel as their number one and you're like really? excel? <laughs> yeah. so it's from from even a branding perspective i think where you see the top three you want your top three to be reflective of your top three basically it, uh, you know even if you lose out on endorsements for a while in um shifting them around it uh yeah, you see that more so often that people haven't paid any attention and it seems like strange, you know, they've been ranked on things, endorsed on things that they had 10 years ago that mm. didn't decide it's important then. So, yeah. And so, or they haven't um, received um, any skills endorsements for skills that they could add, you know, and mm. this happened to me, you know, mm. I was standing um, at um, Macquarie uh, MGSM I was addressing a whole load of MBA students on the importance of LinkedIn and I had mm. a question on skills and I jumped to LinkedIn and was sort of showing people how important skills are I'm having a look through my skills and I hadn't added LinkedIn training <laughs> I was so embarrassed you know and I tell that story quite often as mm. you know set a calendar reminder every three months and just have a look at your skills um mm. you know and i now do that all the time so when COVID first hit i was like do i have anything about online on there <laughs> you know mm. and i think we really do need to think you know are our skills current and have mm. have the words changed you know do you have mm. the word manager or management but everybody's looking for leadership you know so mm. you have mentorship but everybody wants a coach these days mm. you know so yeah absolutely we've all done it <laughs> All right, let's have a look. Uh, somebody says here, I always look at endorsements. Tick, okay. Um, I think recommendations are also really great as well because I think, yeah. you know, if you're applying for a job, you can cut and paste some of your recommendations mm. into an email, you know. Mm. So I've used um, my recommendations in my proposals to win mm. LinkedIn webinars, you know. So mm. we'll be doing a whole lot of webinars um, soon for Dicadata and Telstra. And I put in my proposal, you know, these are some recommendations of what other people have said about my webinars. Mm. And I think as a job seeker, you can do the same. So I think mm. um, we do also need to be 
you know, low pressure, but I think if somebody says, oh, that was really great, you know, a, do you think you could write your recommendation on it? You know, just in a really mm. nice, special way, um, mm. I think is important. Fantastic. Um, I agree. I think recommendation also plays a role, you know, sometimes I've used it and, you know, in, as part of the cover letter too. Um, mm -hmm. just to just to sprinkle that that somebody if, if a senior manager if a CEO or a CTO or a technical manager said something great about you why would you not because I, yes. I think people reading recommendation is great but if you've got 25 they're not going to go through all 25 and you know that what matters to you is is two or three which are the most important ones now you know so you can actually put take the whole piece and put it uh, mm -hmm. you know onto the cover letter because that makes uh, makes a lot of difference uh, mm -hmm. you know that's what i've done and I, I think that also just gives that extra sparkle to the mm -hmm. cover letter especially to the cover letters absolutely and you could also do it in your professional headlines so i'm attending a linkedin event um, which is run by mayday recruitment this thursday and they've got Moz speaking, and I'm sorry, I can't remember her last name, Farrelly. And her LinkedIn profile, she's got Mark Boris describes me as, you know, amazing, wonderful, da, da, da. And then underneath she's got, I like Mark. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, so human. It was yeah. good, wasn't it? You know, she yeah. said, you know, these are what really famous people have said about me. So you could easily, as a job seeker, you know, my previous managers have said, boom, boom, boom. I like my previous manager. <laughs> well, I would want to employ somebody like that, right? Yeah. Because, you know, they're a bit self-deprecating and going, oh, I like them. Um, mm. You know, it's it's a real growth mindset. It's real positive. What we never want to see on LinkedIn, of course, is people, um, you know, when I spoke about ranting or raving earlier, you never want to hear people being really negative. It's all about mm. sharing information, I think, and, and giving and helping others, you know. Mm. What's a no-no that you've seen? Because a sharing thing is people do find it challenging. What, so what's a no-no in that? Like I know you've spoken about be on topic, but has there been anything that people have done that just, you know, you, you, you roll your eyes a little bit and go, I, you know, would not recommend that you do that? Um, I think... I do always have a tiny eye roll when people um, do videos and they start their video by introducing themselves. Um, mm. But I think that's just me, you know. Um, uh, Nash, you know I'm naturally a bit hyperactive and, you know, go, 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 go. You know, I have real trouble slowing down. And when I'm watching a video and I've only got a couple of minutes, I don't want to hear, hi, my name's so-and-so and I work for this and our company does mm. this. And then you get to the takeaway. Um, so I think that can be a little bit... Um, challenging for me personally. Mm. I also have seen, and um, I saw somebody do this the other day and actually misunderstood their intention where they were doing it. Um, but I see people sometimes link jacking. So that's where they're posting on LinkedIn and then they'll put mm. a link to their post on somebody else's post. Mm -hmm. And I think that's not okay. Um, mm. You know, but I, I think... I think just also being supportive, you know, just being supportive mm. of others. I think a lot of people who are looking for roles don't realise the power of comments. Mm. And you never want to be, you know, I, I did a video. <laughs> I did a video and um, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I did a video on LinkedIn and a woman wrote in the comments, this woman, I'm going to blush now, this woman is very unfortunate looking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. I know, I know. The really funny thing. So I shared that comment that she'd written with a couple of other people. I cut and pasted it. I am going red, aren't I? Mm. But anyway, she, this is most unfortunate looking. And I cut and pasted that comment in a little snip and I sent it to a few people and just went, oh, my gosh, I've just been called most unfortunate. <laughs> Gee. And, and, then, and I sent it to a couple of um, friends of mine who are quite big influencers and just as like, you know, gosh, has this ever happened to you? I just wanted to collectively go, oh, my gosh. Mm. And, um, and they jumped on and started attacking her comment, mm. uh, which unfortunately made her comment rise to the top. So every time mm. you looked at my video, you could see it. Watch the unfortunate woman's video. <laughs> I know. But, um, but the thing is, she, she works for a company. Mm. She's representing that company. If I was her employer... And, you know, and then she said, oh, I feel like you're all picking on me. <laughs> it's like, mm. 
what do you think you were doing to Karen when you pointed out yeah. that she's most unfortunate looking? Um, yeah. You know, so I think you just always want to, on platform, be your best self, you know, and you mm -hmm. remember that if you are working for somebody, um, you know, you want your posts to reflect your best self. But mm. you know, if you're saying something that's sexist, racist, um, that's vilifying a specific religion, that's that's just not okay. Um, and, and it's a fireable offence, you know. So I think those things just, yeah, please don't call people unfortunate looking, even though I did think it was actually quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? I think women get trolled more than men do. Um, just in social media, much more than men do in social media in general, which is says something terrible about us as a society. But I don't think there's as much on LinkedIn because you've got your photo and your name, and you know I haven't I haven't experienced. Um, I've had people disagree with me, which is is fine, but not so much not so much trolling. But it is part of your brand. Whatever you know that that woman that that said that about you. Well, I mean, people I look at that and go. Well, that's you know that's what a terrible thing to say public about publicly about someone you know it's yeah. a reflection but I of think, I think just this idea that only beautiful people should produce oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's why nation i here because we're clearly the most cleverest preparing on invited me on <laughs> we actually Maybe talk about yourself Kardashian impersonations so just going to have a quick look at questions so I'll just be a second if I can sort of, you know, I, you know, give people, uh, you know, as I think Karen mentioned about the sharing aspect, one of the websites that I've found it very useful when it comes to, to sharing information is there's a website called askthepublic.com. It's a, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a, it's a fantastic resource. If you go in there and put in, let's say data analyst or data engineering or business analyst, it gives you questions that people are asking on the internet. Then what mm. is a data analyst? What, when, why? And mm. I think that itself will give you so much to talk about. Uh, mm. You know that you'll it will actually fill your calendar of sharing resources or sharing information or mm. or writing small blogs or posts at least for two three months. So That's it's a it's right a fantastic right. tool. Answer 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 the public .com. That's great because I used to use Quora years ago. Um, mm. you know, do you remember Quora? You know, and I used to mm. think, oh, I don't know what topics to write. Um, but I also think there's a lot to be said for actually getting a piece of paper out and just mind mapping. Mm. You know, just sort of thinking, you know, what is it that I um, that I am thinking? And I also think it's really important to read quite right widely. I can see you've got lots of books behind you, Carolyn. So we obviously share a lot of. Um, not just of LinkedIn, but also of books. And I think it's really important to read widely. And if you don't have time to read, there's that mm -hmm. wonderful app Blinkist, um, you know, and Blinkist will allow you to read an entire book um, or listen to an entire book in 20 minutes. It's amazing. Wow. It summarizes yeah. a whole chapter into like just one page. Three key um, points. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just key points, yeah. no parables, no metaphors, just straight to the point. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's got mm. an audible function. Um, it's a bit like it's about hundred and eighty dollars um, a mm. year, but I think you know I would never give up that app. I just love it because mm. it means I can go down a, a rabbit warren of following different ideas that are related, and it's all business. Mm. They're all nonfiction books, mm. um, and so you can read deeply about software or you know education or or human resources or whatever your field is roll those ideas around in your head mm. and then put out content and you can always tag the author if you want to quote them in different things mm. um, question around connecting because i always have a debate with people or um you know should you put a message in your connection requests or or not what, what are your thoughts on that um i think you should um, I think it's mm. really important, but I think the reason why you should is often overlooked by people. I think, um, so for me, I haven't switched my profile to follow. I'm quite happy for people to just look at my profile and just click connect. I'm not at mm. all offended when people do that. Um, I know that some people do get seriously offended and like, you know, you really, it's like you've just come up to me in an event and instantly expected to be my friend. <laughs> I need to introduce yourself. I don't believe that people do need to introduce themselves. But mm. I think that if you're competing, 
if it, so many people are competing, as um, as Nash said, in a really crowded market now. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be visible, one of your best ways of being visible is by building touch points with people. So being, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm that unfortunate looking, but being remarkably average looking um, and average height and everything, I think I learned very young to make sure that you know, I did introduce myself um, because otherwise mm. people wouldn't notice me. I just kind of fade into the background. So I had to develop a sense of presence and um, gravitas and I worked on that. And one of the ways I worked on that was by building touch points. You know, somebody mm. sends me an invite to connect, guaranteed every single person who sends me an invite to connect gets a message back, mm. you know, which takes me a while to go through all my invites. And the same when I'm sending invitations. I just think it's about building touch points. And if you're mm. going to connect to somebody and you're thinking they might know somebody who could get me a job, why wouldn't you just take mm. a few minutes? I think it's so mm. important. And also include contact details. So very mm. few people send invitations to connect or send messages and include their contact details. Mm. And I think, um, you know, they're in the contact information section, but that's not actually very easy to find and not everybody's mm. very LinkedIn savvy. So I think it's really important to just, you know, give people out your phone number and your email. You know, you mm. want to flatten that path to be mm. acceptable, I think. Mm. What do you think is important to personalise invitations? Where do you sit on uh, that? um, Yeah, no, I think so. And I I encourage people to do, but I found equally as many people will connect without that invitation. But it is that first touch point, like you say, where you might be, you know, you're setting up for the next connection a lot of the time. Mm. So we've had people that, you know, have reached out and connected with and there was enough in the connection message for them to come back and say, sure, how can I help on blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, um, it just makes it easier to pick up the, ne- the next thread, basically. And I have to say for myself, I always read the messages that people send me in, you know, yeah. if, I, I accept connections from people that don't have a message because I sometimes send those myself, um, you know, if I know the person or know of the person or whatever. But, yeah, um, I always read the message So because I don't think that many people actually put a message. So it stands yeah. that um, it does actually do that. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a great touch point. Yeah. All right. What else have we got going on? Okay, here's a good one. How important is a personalised LinkedIn banner? It's really important to being remembered. Mm. So it won't improve your relevancy, um, what I was speaking about earlier in terms of your ranking. Um, but when you look at a LinkedIn profile and there's just that blue you know, it's it's the equivalent of a brown cardigan. You know, it's, <laughs> you remember it. You know? um, it's just so average, and so having mm. a background banner just makes you stand out that much more. And I see a lot of background banners that are beach scenes. Um, and I'm just again, you know, all that tells me about the person is that they just want to be on holiday. <laughs> <You know? laughs> really important to have a background banner that is a visual image of what you do because it's all about that reinforcement it's all about that touch point it's about that trying to be remembered people who are remembered get more opportunities true fact true fact so you know I saw that I saw that in primary school I saw that in high school so I've worked on it my whole life how do I stand out um, while still being quite conservative, you know, I'm not somebody who would be comfortable dyeing my hair pink or, you know, it's just, I, you know, I have my people who do that, but that's just not me. Um, so how do you stay true to you but also stand out? And I think a, a background banner is really important. There's no reason not to have one nowadays. Mm. It's an interesting thing. I was reading something years ago just around, you know, images that you might use in social media and it was one of those things that as soon as somebody says it, you're like, oh, of course. But if we see somebody in context, we instantly believe that. So if we see an engineer with a hard hat standing on an oil rig or wherever on a construction site, we're like, there's an engineer, you know, and instantly it frames up that profile in terms yeah. of, you know, so-and-so's in context. Also, I think, you know, if you're from overseas as well, and Nesh, you could speak to this more so than me, but... You know, often we don't understand the environments that people work in. So if you've got, you know, you at your desk in such and such a place or you on a construction site or or whatever, instantly you've 
given people context again around mm. you know where you where where you're coming from basically but yeah no, I, I you know the brown i yeah, love that language we're a brown cardigan <laughs> so. yeah, that's how i see breaks down language barriers you know that's something i've never thought of before i think that's so true mm. and i think if mm. you're a, a new you know um, i know a lot of people follow nash um because of his expertise around helping migrant um communities and skilled migrants and i think you know if you're fairly new to australia um you know having a picture of sydney is fantastic um, you know, or, you know, if that's the, the city you're in, you know, something that, again, as you said, sort of creates some context, I think is really important. And just coming back to that beach scene, you know, a lot of people have really pretty beach scenes and it's very relaxing and it looks very peaceful, but that might not be, you can just imagine stretching out your towel and having a bit of a snooze. That might not be the sort of image you really want to portray, you know, and it, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. All right, what else have we got? I don't think I can see anything more. I've got another little question. I was just jumping down a few more. What about career gaps? You know, when people finish a job and there's been a chunk of time, um, what would you suggest? Because that's going to be quite relevant moving moving forward. And we, I guess, we all know what you know what's going on now in the economy, but. What do you suggest putting? Do you think you should have it most up to date or do you think a gap's okay or what are your thoughts on that? I think so many people do have gaps, you know. Mm. Um, you know, I took um, a few months off platform last year because my father died, he passed of cancer. Mm. And, um, you know, and I think, you know, we are the generation who are, you know, bringing up kids and we have aged parents and, you know, and now we're in a really big recession. The UK is in the biggest recession they've seen in three years, you know. So, mm. you know, there's going to be some big gaps and mm. there's not embarrassment or shame around that. You know, role redundancy mm. is really normal and it's a fact of life. Um, so mm. I think you should have a gap. I think sometimes people will fill that gap um, by saying, that they're working on their own business or something when they're actually not and they're looking for a job. So I think that's, again, coming back to that, the first thing that we opened today with is who are you writing your profile for? Are you writing mm. it to make you feel good about you or are you writing it to get a job? And if it's to get a job, mm. then tell people you need a job. Don't look desperate, but show mm. that you're not working at the moment. Um, mm. You know, I think it's really, it's a little bit confusing when people look at your profile or they haven't even put that they've left the company. You know, they've worked mm. at a big insurance company and they haven't put their end date because they're embarrassed mm. about being made redundant. And then they mm. wonder why nobody's approaching them through LinkedIn to get a job. But mm. if it's because it still looks like they're employed. So I think there's mm. no shame in that. And I think... Um, mm. I think, you know, not having anything there is absolutely fine. Hmm. You know, I had a client once who'd been at, um, oh, God, he'd been at this one company, large corporate for donkey's years, and he wanted to, took a break, he took a break for two years. And I'm like, okay, so it's two, been two years and whatever, we'll probably, we need to sort of write something in that to explain why you're back in the market. And he wrote this beautiful paragraph around, how after working at this company for such a long time, he decided to get out and explore the world and he climbed mountains and he swung through jungles and he tamed lions and I'm like, beautiful. And he's now back and roaring to go. And I thought, you know, that just showed his absolute personality. And and you're like, yeah, I want to do that now, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, yeah. It's, but it's got to be um, sincere, you know. If you have yeah. done a whole lot of training, you know, mm. um, you know, following a redundancy due to COVID, undertaken various studies that include your know, boom, 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 boom. You know, mm. I think it's got to be, yeah, it's got to be sincere. Um, I think I used to see quite a lot of people just put the word sabbatical up there mm. and they would stay quiet about what that is. And I love, as you mm. said, you know, putting a few words, you know, went exploring, did this or, you know, was was made redundant because of COVID and, and studied a whole load of things and, mm. yeah. Yeah, cool. All right. Okay, another question. Um, are employers expecting employees to be upskilled during this isolation time? Will they ask a lot from those who have lost their job? That's a big question. What do you think? I think, what do you think, Naish? I think that there's tremendous pressure to upskill at the moment, mm. particularly because so many places like Harvard are giving away courses for free. So, you know, myself, 
you know, I um, don't need to upskill. I run my own business, but I have this um, almost anxiety of missing out. FOMO, I think you call it. I have FOMO of like, oh my gosh, there's all these amazing webinars and there's all these free courses at the moment. I just don't have time to cram them in. What, what do you think, Nash? Look, I, when I came here and the uh, sort of, you know, lockdown started in India, I made a list of the things that I want to master in next um, two months, right? I think I've just ticked off two two things. I wrote down 20 <laughs> things, just the two things. <laughs> I love that you and, always and have I think one of, to yourself. And one of, one of, the, one of the thing is that uh, what, and, and I completely agree, I think there is an absolute unrecognized or undue pressure on people that you must reskill. And I've, I've heard this quote, you know, number of times that if you did not, you know, sort of skill, you never lack time, but you lack discipline. You know what? I, I feel that people are just being, you know, too outrageous, you know, about mm -hmm. those things. And obviously, you know, it that, that statement was true even before post-COVID too. But, but, you know, sort of rubbing it on the wrong way to people is not yes. a great idea. You've got to make this learning not a pressure, but as an enjoyment. So what yes. I learned in, in this two months is to do a video nicely, is to do a video with subtitles. And I feel that that was an area that I struggled with. And in the last two months, I, I think I'm more comfortable with, you know, shooting my own video and also creating a subtitle. And when I did that for the first time, I was like, wow, this is amazing, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I think that, you know, one has to take what is possible because putting that undue pressure on yourself is not going to be useful for you to even bounce back to work because you'll be so exhausted here yes. that you'll yeah. not be able to yeah. take a lot, lot of, of action. That's my view. Yeah, psychologically, you're right. It can't be healthy. So, yeah, that's really interesting, you know, because I just sort of see that courses are so either um, they're either free, they're very inexpensive. So why wouldn't you upskill now? But at the same time, you know, I think you're right. And I think some people, you know, if they've worked for companies for a long time or even a really short time, but they, you know, they love their role, they weren't expecting to be their role to be made redundant, then, you know, the last thing they should do if they're not feeling okay is to go and study a whole load of things. You know, they're better off to just go and, you know, clean out the garage, you know. Mm. Um, that's one of the best things you can do. Um mm is clean out your pantry, clean out your your garage, get all your stuff in order because that's so cleansing and you've always got mm. things that are half done at home, um, mm. you know. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think there's a lot to be said that. But I do I do expect that employers will, will want an answer there. So I think mm. I, I just wonder if employees might need to have to say, well, actually it came as a real shock. So, you know, mm. what I did is I just bunkered down and just, you know, tidied up my house, sorted out all my, you know, old mm. tax returns or something. I think they may need mm. to say something, unfortunately. But you're right. It is too much pressure on everybody. Mm. And it's a weird sort of pressure, really, because you know, I was just reflecting, you know, outside is a different different world for us at the moment. We go out and you go, oh, do I need to go into that shop? You know, I need to avoid that person. What's going to happen to my family and friends? What's happening? And we're bombarded with all of this news and then suddenly also expected to be our most creative and our most productive you know and it is i think it's hard but yeah i think people will ask what what you do during this time but i think you can do something that's around your self-care like if self-care yeah. is actually doing stuff that's great if it's cleaning the garage even better you know yeah um or learn to meditate learn to meditate did lots of yoga <laughs> Yeah. Eight packets of biscuits, maybe not want to leave that. <laughs> that was on the self-care. <laughs> Tim Tams is self-care. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. I think that's probably, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for questions. And we're coming up to almost an hour. So it's probably time to, to wrap up a little bit. And um, Nash had always calls time. So I, I'm, I'm learning how to drive this thing. So, um <laughs> So thank you so much for joining us, Karen. It's been fantastic to have you. And um, I think it's been one of our more popular LinkedIn lives um, that we've done, just judging by the questions that we've had. How can people find you if they want to reach out to you? Maybe on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> really? 
Hey, Carolyn, you're one of the few people ever, and I, I've never mentioned it to you, but you're one of the few people mm. ever who pronounced my name correctly. Everybody calls me Karen Tisdale, and it is Karen Tisdale. So oh, sometimes I people are like, I can't find you on LinkedIn. I'm like, it's because my husband's Because there's no E. <laughs> so please, just look me up on LinkedIn, send me an invite. Yeah. Um, you don't have to personalise the, the invite. Just, yeah, that, that would be great. I'd be really happy. And I do always acknowledge every invitation that I get. Um, and I do put out resources. Um, but, you know, all the best for you. And you're travelling in the next couple of days, Nash. So safe travels. Thank you very much. Um, I have a, you know, 20-hour journey from where I am to New Delhi and then uh, stay there for a day and then travel to Melbourne and then two more weeks of quarantine before I sit on my couch, have a cup of tea and pet my dog. Oh, yeah. I knew you were going to say pet the dog. Your dog would be missing you, right? Because you've been yeah. you've been stuck in India for three months, two months? Two and a half months. Two and a half months now, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure everybody here wishes you safe travels. It's a long... Yeah. Thank you very much. Long yeah. road. Thank you very much. Time. And thanks again, Karen, for, for coming on the show. Uh, and to our listeners, so please keep watching. Tomorrow you will see uh you know caroline talking to an international guest on around uh you know building a tribe building a community and uh you know i'll be back on your screen with caroline on monday but Car caroline will still continue linkedin live uh and we got few interesting guests coming up for next three days so until we see you again stay happy stay healthy and stay indoors everyone see you later everyone bye everyone bye Thank you everyone for listening to the Your Career Down Under show. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to know more about how Your Career Down Under can help you, please reach out to us on www.yourcareerdownunder.com.au and if you have got a question about today's episode or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic, please reach out to us. We would love to do that. Until next time, be well.